right, taste maple. I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. Hey, hey, that's well, pecan, I need too. A dollar, dollar, oh, dollar. That's what I need. Hey, hey. Said I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. And if I share with you my story, would you share your dollar with me? Bad Not even noon. Ross and I are drinking. It's a Thursday. That's what we do on Thursdays. Welcome to real estate, it's baby. The, it's the first day of the Masters. Aren't you getting everybody drinking? Ross is giddy right now. I am. You used the phrase knee knocking just a few minutes uh, ago. Dude, I, and, I, and I was, I've literally had an experience here this morning that I'm so excited about. I'm kind of like shaken. I am a religious experience. This is really cool for me. Man. What a day, Ross. You get, we're going to talk about what the present you just got. But uh, yeah, we got we got the opening day of the Masters, the opening day of Major League Baseball, and we're drinking for neither one of those reasons. Yeah, right, we're drinking just because we can, just because we can. So, I had a seller meeting today, went well. I Ross, you, I already know what Ross has been doing today. I saw you just sent a text out about uh, probably something putting one out at three nineteen up here in uh, in Ankeny. It's one of those houses like what, one of the cool things about this business is you never know what you're going to get when you go to a house. Yeah, right. So this is a normal normal house. Uh, two-story, two-car garage house in Ankeny. But what I mean by you never know what you're going to get is like the owners on the inside when you don't know them. You walk in, you don't know if you're going to hit it off with them or if they're going to be like straight to the point or whatever. So met met a nice couple, but they're the original owners. Uh, been there 25 years, but wow. the house doesn't feel 25 yeah. years old because everything's updated. Great windows, great three-season room, whatever. So as an agent, sometimes you're just like, oh, this is nice. This is nice. I like selling houses like this. There's I've no, got one. No problems with it. I, I've had the exact same experience over the weekend, one that we're going to list in a couple weeks um, on the southeast side of Pleasant Hill, kind of by Runnels and Four Miles. Same thing. Went out there and thought, oh, this is a really nice neighborhood. This is a cute house on the outside. Walked in and went, yes, mm-hmm. this is a great one. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, dude, I'm... I'm. So yeah, why, why are your knees knocking? I'm a beer fan. I love really good beers. I like really rare beers. I like to have... Beers I've never tried before, and I, I I just love the experience of sharing beers with friends and kind of you know uh, trying new things, new experiences in this life. Only get one time around on this old ball spinning through space. That's why you're always talking about having a three way. It's a, yeah, one of the it's the thing I'm always talking about. <laughs> just should I say just kidding or just you know, I think if you might want to throw it in, just kidting. I don't. I mean, let, let, just let it go. Too late. Okay. <laughs> uh there's a beer that is brewed by Sam Adams that is a, a really special beer. It's called Utopias. Um, they only make a handful of them every year. I mean, if a couple thousand of these bottles are made, they're, they're sent out in really special decanters that look like an old copper still. Yeah, I saw it. It could be an excellent, uh, not that you'll ever use it for this, but it would be an excellent fantasy football trophy. It's gold. It's got, got some weight. It, well, it's copper. It. It's not gold. It's copper. Well, gold, gold looking. Gold looking. I Inside wish it was gold. this copper or yeah, gold de- decanter is one pint and eight ounces of beer. Now, what makes this beer really special is that Sam Adams decided back in 1991 that they were going to start brewing this beer where they take one of their special sour beers and then they age it. They brew it. They, they they barrel age it. They throw some fruit into it. The one that we're having has maple syrup and cherries added into it, uh, and then they age it for a year and a half. And then every year they use the same blend. So the beer that you're having right now, Mark, which was actually brewed in 2021, has beer in it from 1991. So uh, what is that? Uh? To the no, 30 31, yeah, 30, 30, years. 30 years, 31 years ago today. So I'm drinking went, this beer's parent. You, no, you're drinking that beer. Yeah. You're drinking that, yeah, yeah. You're you're literally drinking this, all of the generations of beer. And when from, we say, when we say beer, yeah, it is a beer, but it's we're, 30%. We're sipping on stuff. But yeah, it's uh, too much of this, uh, we'll get you hammered. And then on top of that, we're trying to figure out the taste. Yeah, right. Okay, it I'm smells. Smells like cherries and bourbon. It smells more like a bourbon or yeah. something like that. Yeah, definitely a lot of it, alcohol. It, when you drink it, it kind of tastes actually after you've had it a little bit more like a wine. It's an interesting thing. It's very interesting. 
it doesn't get to Iowa very often. Um, Ross has got a rarity. I mean, Mark, I, you know, hands. there are, I would say, probably a few hundred people in the state that have had that many lucky enough to sample this. Maybe, I mean, you're in, if you're in the thousands, it's in the low thousands. And I am one of them. Oh, man, is that good. But so, it's going to it's gonna be a part, yeah, it'll it'll stick around. My idea right now would be I get to sample the last of this at Audrey's graduation. See, that's crazy to me because you're not talking about that much volume. No. You one, know? One pint, eight ounces does not go long. And so I, is and this I will a, want to the, sample this with a lot of people. See, now, the, here's a funny joke I was going to say. So is this going to be the one that you, uh, you know, you whip it out when people come over to visit you at your house, but uh, you don't. You don't have anybody come over to your house, no. as we've discussed. Yeah. So, how long have we known each other now? Going on uh, ten years. Is it ten? Seems yeah, like. Yeah, but ten years ago, would not you would not have known me to the level that you might no. have invited me to your house. Now, officially, our relationship is one at which for, I'd say for the last five years you've. Been I there. I have invited you over to my house many times, and you've yeah, come multiple. to my Do- house many times. Dozens. Uh, you have never yet to invite me to your house no. a single time. Nope. And. It hurts a little. Well, don't let it hurt. I mean, you can't help it. The hurts inside. I just can't pull this it out. Like a, this sounds like a U2 song. Yeah, the hurts inside. That's that's a good title for a song. You know, I just, like, I call Ross jokingly around here. He's my Molly Ringwald. So if anybody out there remembers the movie Pretty in Pink, this is, this is the scene, right? She grows up on the wrong side of the tracks. She's dating uh, the sexy... Andrew McCarthy, who's in every movie in the 80s. He's rich. And then she does not want him to drop her off at home. No, she's embarrassed. At the house. She's embarrassed of the house. And Is uh, it going to make you mad if you... If I feel I, like Ross is embarrassed to have me over. Is it going to make you mad if I tell you that uh, KK and Brecky saw my house? Oh, didn't they? Well, we drove past it. Okay. Uh, we went and looked at a home yesterday. It was in my neighborhood. and uh, The three of you? Yes, where, Katie where, where KK I? wanted to see a vacant home. Oh yeah, 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 in the morning. Yeah. Yep, and we happened to Brecky and I were were looking. It wasn't yesterday, I guess. It was Tuesday, but yeah. yeah, we were looking at a home, literally around the corner from where she was. So we went and went through the vacant house with her. Yeah, and then to get back on the freeway, we basically had to go past my house. Yeah, so you pointed. Like, yeah, I I called KK and I said we're driving past my house. She said which one? I said just know you drove past it. Can you see it from the interstate? I can't. Okay. Nope. In the, in just the right conditions in winter, you can maybe see the okay. peak of it, but no. See, I would have been pissed if you told me that they both came in and were offered government cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that would have pissed me off, dude. I'm like, you know, it, you know, and honestly, Ross, it does it it does hurt my feelings that you think that I don't I don't love Mark, you for it who you are. Mark, it has nothing to do with you. you, you it try, has you, nothing you, to do. You, you I, told I me this, Ross, before, and I feel like you just lied to me. I feel like you lied to me. I feel like you think I'm going to judge you. And you forget where I came from, my Mark, friend. You're again. It's not I about. A, it's not about you. I had a one car garage. It's Ross, not about. <laughs> Does your house even have a garage? I do. I have a one car garage. See, same same thing. It's not attached though. Yeah, I just you know, I I think that I just think it'd be fun. Come over for a night. It will be when you're over there. It's going to be so great. I'm like the girl that won't let you bang for a long time. But once you, once I once finally you get do, inside, oh man, it was yeah, worth that it's wait. It's all worth the wait. Yeah, trust me. I'm a, I can imagine the tour, Ross, when I come over. All right, where, oh, should, we, where should we start? It's really and, nice. Uh, we're done. It's really nice. You can see the whole house from the front door. Yeah. You make it, you, you've always made your house sound like it's a hobbit's home. It's like, you know, I'm going to have to duck to get into yeah, the door. Right. Like, Frodo didn't have a problem doing this. What's up? Yeah. That, so, there's the bed the kids share. You make it sound. You kitchen. make it sound like there's tumbleweeds of dog hair just rolling through the house. That's actually about. Like, the, what? That's, that's about. The what most, was that? That's about the most accurate part of what you've just described the house as. Yeah. To be. Yeah. You have two huge dogs. That doesn't help the tiny house situation. All right. Name your best friend that has not been inside your house. You. So everybody else has. Yeah. I know Travis Justice has. Before. Travis Justice. Yeah. Not only did he come over, he came over to a nurse's party. Yeah, yeah, they were all wearing stockings. I've heard that. I've heard that. And by that, I mean before. stocking caps in the winter. Yeah, that's not quite as sexy. Yeah. Uh, what about Williams? You've been over a bunch. Williams has never been to my house. Oh, see, that makes me feel a little bit better. Nope. Has he ever wanted to come over to your house? I'm sure. Okay. He doesn't bitch about it like you do. I just, I just want to know what my friends are all about. Man. Oh, this beer. <laughs> oh, wait, he's tipping back all the way back. 
That was my last little sip. That's gone for that little sip. So, yeah. So, though, my question, my original question, back to when you're going to invite people over to this house fictitiously. um, Never. Is how how will you distribute this? You know, you want it to last a long time. There's only so much. Yeah. So, so here's the deal. I have a, a group of about four or five buddies, the Flag Brothers, Dusty and Carl, my buddies I go fishing with, that really like good beer. They really enjoy good beer. They will all get the same thing that you just got here. We'll do a little sampling of it, probably at uh, in Flag's garage. That's where we usually do our beer samplings. Mm-hmm. Maybe in in Matt's uh, Matt's kitchen. Maybe at Carlson's house. Maybe in Dusty's. Who knows? Who knows? You know where we won't do it? My house. Your house. Or my house. <laughs> or your house. You don't even like good beer. You just Dude, wanted, you should you should bring this you, you should this. bring this over and introduce it to the upper crust. They don't they don't know what they're no because they're, again man they're, they're missing. It's a perspective thing, Mark. There is a, uh, this is, the, you know, Taylor and I were talking earlier, one of our, uh, our, our sales ladies, one of our agents, and I was preparing for them the story. I was preparing my best story. The best ever. story you've ever best heard. Best story you've ever Which heard. Which is coming up. And it is, this is one that, again, I was trying to explain to Taylor how many stories there are out there. I actually had a different one planned, and I started to tell Taylor about it, and she goes, well, wait a minute, this kind of sounds like last week's story. Uh, and, and I realized there were some similar themes to last week's story and I was probably being a little bit lazy in, in just going with the first one that was in my head. Yeah. So I found this one instead and I, and, and said, okay, here's the story I'm going to tell today. And Taylor even said, this is an amazing story, but part of this story is bad. Oh, I mean, part of this story is sad. Okay. We don't, we don't want to upset people, Ross. This is meant to be a fun podcast. It is a fun podcast and we have a lot of fun. Is that your tease? Did you just tease it or are you going right into it? This is why I'm getting what I'm saying. Okay. Perspective always helps. It's everything in life. You will you will enjoy things. You'll enjoy the happy more if you understand sad. You'll enjoy the warm if you've been cold. You can enjoy yeah, the sweet and the sour. You I, can enjoy really good beer if you've had a lot of bad beer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you haven't had like if I came over to you and you know let's say KK and Travis, you know they're all they're bougie, and, and all of a sudden I'm like and I, Travis actually might enjoy this, wouldn't he? Uh, you know, I'm not he gonna. Like, he likes beer. Like, yeah. KK, she's gonna be no, all. Judge- that would that would be a waste. She's gonna be all judgmental. That would be a waste. You don't 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 show her I any of the finer here. things in life. It's a lot more fun to say things. Yeah, we record on here. Thursdays a lot, and Thursdays today she's not here. Ironically, so we can talk about her. Um, I wanted to ask you if you know of any other things that are similar to this, and I'm sure you can come up with one. We talked about this in our in our work text group actually earlier today. So this would be something that you maybe grew up believing or have always believed or the mass public has always believed it. And it just turns out to be flat out untrue. Okay. And in this case, and I'm curious if you believe this because I did growing up, we're talking about Tootsie Pops, the sucker and the star and the Indian. Yes. Does that, is that trigger something from your childhood? Um, So (laughs) it is funny that that thing came up today it does trigger a lot from my childhood. There was a rumor when you were when we were kids that if you opened a Tootsie Pop and it had a star and an Indian on it, that you that meant you got a free Tootsie Pop. Correct. The, I never once found a store that actually redeemed that. And the, and the only place that I can remember actually doing this was at the concession stand at Pleasant Hill Little League. Okay. And you would go back up and say, well, I think I got a star. And they'd be like, great, we don't, we, that's great. not us. We so, to, yeah, we need a Nate, Nate who works here, says that he, he grew up, where, like, Lake Lake something, I think. I don't know, some, yeah. Podunk, he grew up in Podunk. Super, super spoiled kid. <laughs> so, well, of course, because he got free Tootsie Pops, apparently. He said that there was a store in his town that, if you, took, that if you took the star wrapper into the store, they would give you another Tootsie Pop. So that was always the the theory, and and growing up, I probably believed that it was not maybe even the store, but maybe if you sent it in to the the makers oh, that of Tootsie make Pop, sense, that yeah. you would get a something for free one. Was that the key? No, this never existed. That that's the thing. This never existed. So uh, Tootsie Roll Industries, uh, I'm reading an article here, has never actually honored this promotion, and they go on to say, in fact. The shooting star appears on one in every four to six Tootsie Pop wrappers, just as frequent as the other images appear. So what's crazy, though, is somebody somewhere 
decided that we're going to start telling people there's something special about getting a Tootsie Pop with the star on the wrapper when there was nothing special about it. It was always just that. But not only that, but it spread. And it spread before Twitter and the Internet and everything else. And it's always fascinating to me how stories like that become stories. One person told one person who told another who told another, and then boom, it's nationwide. But I grew up thinking that. Or maybe I just thought I, it was you know, cool to get the star. Yeah, I guess it was always one of those things that I always kind of felt like wasn't true. I don't I don't I'm I'm never I'm not gonna claim that I knew it or anything like that. It's always one of those things that when people said it, I thought, I don't think that's right. Do you can you come up with any other examples of something like that? Um I can think of a lot of them. You you can see the Great Wall of China from space. That's not true. And they mean when they say that, like Without magnifying, without whatever. Yeah, the, the sign, it. we were always told that as kids, right? You've heard that. Great Wall of China is so massive, it can be seen from space. No, yeah. it can't. But I would wonder, like, uh, and I've seen plenty of pictures of the Great Wall of China. It's a big wall, but yeah, what would make it visible from space when other things aren't? Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah it, it, is, it the, is it the continuity of it? Well, then you could see Interstate 80 <laughs> from, yeah. from space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not as wide as our interstate system. Okay, so it casts a continuous shadow. Yeah, maybe that's a part of it. Like if the sun is just right, you can you can identify it. Well, it, it's through a mountain range. <laughs> yeah, like it's not. So you'd be able to see the mountains. Well, yeah, and you wouldn't be able to. You exactly yeah. the, the the shadow of the mountains would blend in instantly with. It, it doesn't sit atop the ridge. So I wonder where that came from. I don't know. There's a lot of things like that that we're told as kids that are are just not. Yeah, just not true. I mean, dude, think about the language things that were taught as kid. I before E, except after C, oh, and in neighbor and way and Budweiser and about 55 other words that that, doesn't, that rule doesn't apply to. Uh, so, yes. So, you're, no, you're right. Think of some other ones that we... Well, well we, there's just some, there's some words in the English language. You're like, why is that useless letter part of this oh, word? Oh, so many. We're so stupid. I'm looking this up, by the way. Looking up what? The space thing. About the Great Wall of China? You never heard that? It has become a space-based myth. No, I've heard that you can see it. Oh, okay, okay. The Great Wall of China, frequently built as the only man-made object visible from space, generally isn't, at least to, to the unaided eye in low Earth orbit. There you go, right. It certainly isn't visible from the moon. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out where that would have come from. So the real question is, is anything visible from space? I don't know the answer. Oh, no, no man-made objects are, are visible from space. What about the pyramids, Ross? No. Maybe special alien powers allow those to well, be seen. Well, if, if anything, that's you're, what You're fascinated is. by the, pyra the, the pyramids. I love the pyramids. I'm, that is, uh, I am going to go to the pyramids someday in my life. Not with your wife I don't know or how not. You're, I don't know how you're not fascinated by the pyramids. Dude, I'm... <sighs> they're like, they're amazing that we've, we're how many thousands I'll tell you of why. years no, into this thing and we have no not, idea how I'm, they were done. I'm fascinated by how they got there and there was no, uh, you know, pre-electricity or anything else that would have been helpful to build them, right? But here's where you and I, I think, differ a little bit. Correct me if I'm wrong. We differ in a lot of ways. But when I hear about uh, thinking about going to the pyramids or thinking about going to see the Great Wall of China or something like that. Yeah. I don't have any desire to go because I don't want to go to that place. It has nothing to do with the thing itself. Completely understand what you're saying. I don't want to go to Egypt. Egypt does not seem like a... No. I don't want to go to India at any point. I have no desire to go to India. Why? Because I don't like that type of food. I think it's super crowded, which I don't love to be feeling crowded. Hot. I imagine it's stinky. I could be wrong, but I imagine it's stinky because of what people eat there and the heat and the crowds. I don't think it smells very good. You could be wrong. If you listen and you've been to India and you it. think it smelled great, then let, <laughs> let me know. But I imagine it doesn't smell very good. Um, you know, I, I hear about these people that get in trouble in these locations. You know, Brittany Griner, I understand why she got in trouble like or why she was in Russia. I understand she was making money over there. But I think to myself, I don't want to go to Russia. You know, I don't want to go anywhere where they're going to throw me in their prison system because I spit I on the this. sidewalk. Uh, all right. You know, I, I just you don't. Now, now, to be fair, I do want to go certain places. I want to go to Iceland. I think Iceland would be cool. I definitely want to go to Europe and check out places in Europe. You remind me so much of this uh, docu-series called 
an idiot abroad. Yeah. Oh, before I, and I know what you're talking about. Before I go there, though, I did like watching when Anthony Bourdain would go places. Yeah. But all, pretty much all the places he would go to, I'm like, I'm glad he went to film it so I don't ever have to go do that. Yeah, uh, so I, I agree with you, Mark. Going to Egypt I, I does not sound appealing to me to go to the desert. Seeing the pyramids is appealing to me. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on India. I mean, not that I don't, I don't know that it stinks. There's just not something there that is drawing me to go to India. I'd like to go to Australia. I'd like to go to Hawaii. If I don't make it to those places, I'm not... Pyramids, I want to get there so bad. I just think they're so fascinating, yeah. so cool. Is, like so, yeah, you mentioned the show, by the way, which you should which you should tout for people here because I did see a few episodes of it, and it's really funny. Hilarious. An Idiot Abroad. It's a Ricky Gervais production, and it uh, introduces you to a kid by the name of Carl Pilkington who is – because so when, when some people hear An Idiot Abroad – I'm not calling Mark the idiot. It, it, the, That's okay. Right? Okay. An idiot abroad is Ricky Gervais sending this young man named Carl Pilkington out into the world. And Carl has a lot of those same ideas. Like, you know, why is this pyramid such a big deal? It's just it a is kind of stupid, it's just isn't a pile he? If I remember rocks. right. He is. He, okay. He's Stupid is probably the wrong word. He's very simple. Yeah. Um, he's not worldly. He's not well-educated. He just has a very simple look outlook on life. Yeah. And it makes it hysterical. I mean, to see him, he asks all of these very practical questions that guys like me don't ever think about. Like when they say, hey, we're going to send you to go see the pyramids. He's like, it's just a pile of rocks. Yeah. They didn't have anything else to do in the desert, so they stacked a bunch of rocks together, and you think that's neat. Yeah. And there's a, I mean, in a way, that's what, I hear that, and I go, God, he's right. (laughs) You know, they're going to send him to the Grand Canyon. And he says, it's just a hole in the ground. It's, I mean, it's all it is. Why don't they fill it in? <laughs> so there's, uh, it is, it's fascinating stuff to me how, uh, how, how people's brain work around yeah. those different things. So Yeah, how we go complex with certain things and other people don't give it a second thought at all. There's another, like, you're always good for show recommendations, by the way. What's the one uh, that... You turned me on to uh, that has comedians doing challenges. Uh, Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Are you watching that? I'm no, so no, glad like, well, I haven't, but I want to. I have seen some. Okay. You know, because you've shown me some <laughs> I and then I, I dove in, but give it like a, a synopsis of that show because it is interesting. Yeah. All right. So I, I am one of these weird people that enjoys some British television shows. I know that's not a very common thing. Yeah. Um, one of the shows that I started watching is called Eight Out of Ten Cats which is a very strange show, but Jimmy Carr, Jimmy Carr is the guy that hosts that. Yeah. From that, it led me into this show called Taskmaster, which is right up your alley. And why I, I bring this to your attention is the guy that is the Taskmaster is a guy that likes to have fun and kind of and perceived control over people around him, right? And these just play to your, your personality. Mm-hmm. So the gentleman that is the Taskmaster, there's two guys that host the show. Then they bring in five to six comedians, personalities, famous actors, whatever. And again, they're British, so you don't, I don't know a lot of these people. Yeah. But they're creative people. So they bring them in, and then they give them some sort of strange task with a vague set of rules. So the, the game becomes how creative can these people be in solving the task while either staying within or figuring out ways around this set of rules that are out there. Give the, uh, give the Hill episode as an example. There, so great example. Yeah, they have, they have these three giant exercise-type balls, inflatable balls that are like five, six feet around. They are sitting at the bottom of a hill. A big hill. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I would say, like, imagine the Capitol Hill, if you're familiar with, with Des Moines. Yeah. Being at the bottom of the Capitol Hill with these three giant exercise balls, you can't control two of them at one time, and there's three, and you have to get these three balls to the top of the hill. And that's all. The only rule you're given is get these three balls to the top of the hill. Person to do it the fastest wins. And all three need to stay at the top of the hill. Yeah, right? that's a good point. All three need to stay up there. And so, that's what made this particular episode funny. Yeah. It's watching what's happening to and these balls. And you try, some people would carry, a gust of wind comes up. Some people would have both two balls up there carrying the third up, and one of the balls would roll down the hill. And you, so you kind of see who is creative enough around these problems 
to solve the task. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just find it, yeah. It's, Remind it's me, really you can fun. ruin it. You can ruin one episode for people because I'm trying to remember too. How did the guy, because the guy that ultimately solved it, I think, did something creative. Didn't he deflate the balls? No. Didn't he puncture them? I thought he did. I thought that was how he did it, was he deflated all three balls and carried them up there and set them down. No, 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 Mark. The rule, I, I'm glad you brought this up. The thing was, set these three balls on top of the mat on top of that hill. Yeah. The guy ran up and got the mat and brought the mat down the hill and set the balls on top of because the mat the at the bottom of the hill. Was, yes. They had the balls have to be on the mat. On the mat. Which is which is on top and of the, the hill. And the mat is on top of the hill. And he ran up and got the mat and brought it down. That's what it was. Don't you like those exercises where uh, I'll give you an example. Not a good example, but an example. Um where it can kind of go anywhere, but it's a but it's an exercise in thought process where you say, um, you know, there's a there's a there's a cabin in the woods. Um, all the doors and windows are locked from the inside. Uh, inside on the floor is broken glass, a puddle of water, and Romeo and Juliet are dead. What happened? What is it's the now, now those can drive you nuts. Yeah. Because it can go in a million different places, right? In that particular instance, because that's one that I kind of just vaguely remembered. Um in that case, it was and the, sometimes the solutions are like, ah, oh, that was stupid, right? So in that case, it was uh Romeo and Juliet are fish. They had been in a they yeah, had been in a is. bowl of water. There, there was an is. earthquake, it fell to the to the ground, broke open, and then they're dead. Yeah. Okay. Or there was another one that I remember where someone was like, this guy gets in an elevator every single day. He lives on the 20th floor. Uh, Every day he gets in and presses the button for the 10th floor, gets out and walks the rest of the way. Why does he do it? Why does he do it? Well, as that one goes, apparently he's a midget and the 10th floor is the highest button that he can reach. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but it's just, it's It's an exercise. It's an exercise and well, it's, start talking through this exactly right let's try to figure it out which i think is probably good for the brain that's why are you are you did you ever jump on the wordle bandwagon no i didn't nope so i do that every morning i do wordle and then i do quirtle a lot of people haven't heard of quirtle wordle four yeah wordle is solve one one word one five letter word in six tries quirtle is solve four five letter words in a combination of nine tries and now someone turned me on to yesterday, reverse wordle, which is harder. So now it's you're trying to see how you're trying to add up turns. How many turns will it take you to not get the word right? But once you get a letter right, it's frozen in time, and it, it, that's harder. It's harder. It's harder to not try to do something than to do something. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know why it is, but it's it's much harder. It's like the the game. Right, you've 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 heard of the game, the movie of the game? No, 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 no. Just the game. Nobody's ever talked to you about the game. Uh, you're gonna oh, have God, to be a little bit more specific. So stupid. Okay, what's the game? The point of the game is to not think about the game. <laughs> okay. And as soon as you've thought about the game, you've lost. You've lost. Okay, that's that's it. That's the point of the game. Ready to play? Yeah. You lost. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we tied. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> Hey, can I give you a business idea? Of course. And tell me if you think this is stupid. I'm asking the audience, too, at the same time if this is stupid. All right. Imagine the scenario, Ross. Very real scenario This that's occurred other places but has never occurred here, to my knowledge, in Des Moines. Okay. Okay. A citywide scavenger hunt, treasure hunt yeah. for a large prize. Okay. This has happened. No, I'm talking 50 grand. No, that's not happened. That's right. not happened. We've done, we have had citywide um, uh, scavenger hunts. Yeah. that But they uh, never like tons of money on them. So imagine a scavenger hunt at which one of the clues leads you to Gray's Lake. Yeah. And at Gray's Lake, there's canoes waiting. Yeah. And life jackets, of yep. course. And two of you need to go get in a canoe and paddle out to the middle to get your next clue. Yep. That type of thing. Okay, so my questions are, and let's assume it's a huge prize, okay? So this is people pay all the time to be in runs, as an example, right? Fun run, color run, charity run, flannel run, blah, 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 blah. People do it. And not all of them are runners. They do it because it's some event or whatever. 
would you be able to, if you offered a $50,000 prize in the city of Des Moines, okay, we're going to have a treasure hunt. It's going to be on this Saturday. This is the starting point, whatever. It's well thought out. You're going to have nine or 10 stops you need to make to find the next clue, whatever, and the winner gets 50 grand. Is that an incredibly well-attended event, or are you having trouble selling tickets to that thing? Oh, I thought about no, why, why, no. It like, why has this not been done? What do you mean by well-attended? Do people do do a like lot a of few, people? A few thousand people. Just like you, you'd have a, a run that has a ton of people at it. It's the same same principle. But with this, you're just talking about, because not everybody's gathering at one spot. No. You have a team. This would be a team event, right? So maybe four people max, something like that. So you're working as a team All together. Right. All right. So if you, I'm, I'm sorry to ask so many clarifications. I, I think your your answer varies greatly depending yeah. on like what the, what Des Moines did. You could put you could put a hundred thousand dollars out there. If nobody knows about it, yeah. you're not going to get anybody to do it. Yeah. So let's keep with your fifty thousand dollar idea, and you you actually promote this thing the right way, yep. and you tell people, hey, we're going to do this scavenger hunt. Um, it might it's the idea would be that it doesn't take a ton of time, but you got to make it difficult. So maybe like over the course of a week, you could get this done if you do it right. I don't know, man. I think I think it'd be better to be one event, one day. One event, one day at one location? Well, the locations, you, it would be scattered around. So, yeah, downtown Des Moines or Des Moines, right? But if you could do it, you'd ha I think if you did something that was like... Because it, it could be like, be done, well, it's all at the sculpture park. You couldn't right. do that. Well, that's you the, couldn't do you that. Can't, you still can't have people driving around town. I mean, you'd cause such a traffic jam, and it would be so... Maybe, maybe. If you did it where the starting point of, of this business venture is, okay, you've got a thousand groups of people, like 250 are going to get a clue that's going to start them in one place, 250 are going to, so not everyone's going in the same order of events. Not everyone's going here for clue two, here for three, okay. here for four, okay. et cetera. You're spreading it out. So people are going different places at different times. Now the first person to complete it wins, but I think you, you'd involve some challenges, you know, at this stop, you got to do this to get your clue at this stop you got to find something at this stop you've got to climb stairs to the top of the uh, principal building for your clue you know s stuff like that i just think it would be and i know i'm comparing it to a run because a run is the closest thing i could think of to where a lot of people sign up for something and do it kind of collectively together but people are willing to pay money to go do something that sucks ass <laughs> you know which is like i'm gonna go, i'm gonna pay 50 bucks to go enter this run you know, well, why do they do that for the run or do they do it for the experience, the fun, the camaraderie with somebody else? Yeah. Okay. You're, you're throwing a lot out here, Mark. Once you start adding in multiple locations and driving around town, I think you're lessening, you're, you're dropping this down. Do you, re, did you ever do the office Olympics that yeah. in Des Moines? Well, no, not the official one, but office versions at old places I worked at. Yeah. Uh, so they used to do a thing down at the fairgrounds and it was a huge thing for the Des Moines Convention and Visitors Bureau and it was an office Olympics and yeah. you you got 10 of your coworkers together and you went down and you did fun games and you competed with other people like exactly what you're talking about it was a team building fun group activity and but it was all in one location it was all one day you parked your car you got out, you walked up to the event, you did the event, and then you went back to your car and you went home. Mm -hmm. And thousands of people would participate in this, and it was a lot of fun. As soon as you start adding in, well, you're going to go, you're going to start at your, at some point you're going to be at Gray's Lake, then you're going to be at Big Creek, and then you're going to be at the Principal Tower, and then you're going to be, people are out. People go, no, this is, it, it takes too much time, there's too much driving, there's too much hassle. Hence, hence, hence the prize. Because you're talking about something with no prize versus something where you're going to win fifty grand. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that you would get as many people as you're thinking. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if people just don't want fifty grand. People want money. You're you're, you're trying to you're oversimplifying it. People want people would love fifty thousand dollars. What people aren't interested in is working for it. Coordination, hassle. Yeah, on a, on a weekend, mm -hmm. doing something fun, and you're talking about people would pay to get into. Entry the rate, the entry fee. Now you're, I mean, yeah. would people be interested in doing it? Absolutely. Would it be a fun thing? Yes. Would it be well attended? I don't think so. It'd be interesting. Might be something we have to try. I don't think it'd be that tough to set something like that up. But as you're talking through this, maybe if you do something like the fairgrounds, 
Everything's at the fairgrounds. It's a big area. And yet you can cover it on foot. I don't know. Ross knows people. He could get me in. I know people. I'm getting texts from people right now. Yep, getting uh, getting all sorts of things. Things are happening, Mark. Things are starting to happen now. Nobody has come in to drink your beer, by the way. No, not yet. I do expect uh, Joe Hayhoe to show up at some point. Do we have a... Hold on. Do we have a Tiger update here? Well, I mean... Tiger's playing. Tiger's there, playing. Oh, John Olson. Who, Tiger's playing who, who, well. Who knows golf more than anybody else. Uh, he's doing very well. That's what John says. So there's our there's our update. There you go. You got it. Um, okay. I am... No, actually, I'm not primed for your story because you said it's going to make me sad. I didn't say it's going to... I didn't say it's going to make you sad. That's not what I said. You what said... I, this story is funny. This story ha- is... And a little sad. It's life, dude. This story is a human story. And what are humans? We are complex. We are capable of, of good and bad and all the things in between. We're sexy. And not very often can you tell us a real story about people and and there's not some sort of weird turn. Some sort of right? We're all we all have good and bad. And I couldn't tell your story, Mark, without having some tragedy in it. No tragedy for me. Yeah. Nothing but roses the entire uh-huh. time. Right. Uh-huh. The worst right. part, just to give people an idea of what my life's like, the saddest part of my life ever has been not being invited to your house. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Tit. <laughs> All right, go for it. All right, so uh, this is uh, this is a pretty fun one, okay? It, uh, it goes to, starts really in 2005. And there's this gentleman who, uh, his name is... Uh, man, I'm sorry. I left my notes outside. So Hector I'm doing this. Villanueva. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Hector Villanueva. Shannon Wisnant. I was close. Is this gentleman's name. And Shannon is a local entrepreneur. He's tried a couple different things to get, uh, get some money going, get some popularity or some local fame going, and he just can't get it. He's tried a few times to do like uh, television shows and reality shows, and nothing seems to be grabbing for this guy. And so... One day he is uh, uh, doing some uh, um, treasure hunting, goes to a garage sale in his town, and he finds this old smoker grill, and he buys the smoker and takes it home, doesn't think anything of it. And actually, what it was wasn't even the smoker. He actually purchased a, uh, a storage unit. There was a storage unit in town that a guy had lapsed payment on, and it went up for auction. We've all seen, like, storage wars, mm-hmm. and this... Shannon Wisnant is the guy that is there to purchase this storage unit. In the storage unit is this old smoker. Okay. Takes the smoker home, opens the thing up, and there's this really weird-looking package inside of the smoker. And he starts to unwrap the package, and when he does, he discovers a human foot. Hmm. Not just the foot. But like part of the leg, it's like a calf and foot, five toes, five toenails. It's a human foot. Like someone was going to smoke a foot. Weird, right? So does what most people would do in that situation. What would you do? Eats the foot. Eats the foot. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) You're right. This story was great. (laughs) And that's it. And that's the story of how Shannon Wisnand ate a foot. Yeah, ate a foot. Okay. Shannon, uh, what would I do? I'd probably call the police. It's exactly what Shannon does. Okay. It, it picks up the phone, calls 911. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? He says, I purchased this place. I got this smoker. I, I brought out the smoker. And, and there's, now I own a and foot. now I have a foot. Yeah. Okay. So the police come out, and they d- discover right away that it this foot was medically amputated. It was, This is not some clean sort cut. of... It's a clean cut. It's not like this is some dismembered body part that is some as a part of a criminal investigation and so they basically say to shannon like hey what do you want to do with it and the light bulb goes off this is my ticket wow i'm not following this part but okay i'm gonna make this this is how i'm gonna be famous okay i'm gonna become the footman (laughs) i'm gonna make this thing a roadside attraction i'm gonna tell people in my town hey you want to see the foot in the barbecue Five bucks. Okay, now again, we got to stop you real quick. This yeah. sounds like a story that's taking place in like the eighteen thirties. This is, is not. We're this talking is, about this is this is two thousand six. Okay, this where the average human, I don't think, would be that interested in coming to see a foot. So I'm interested to see how this guy does with this plan because 
I'm not stopping to see a foot. So, okay, let's see where this let's see where this goes from here. Well, John does find some people that, uh, or Shannon rather, does find some people that are willing to pay him to come and look at this foot okay. in a barbecue. Okay. And he is, uh, he's kind of astute enough to go to the local television shows. And he wants all that free publicity that comes when you find a free foot. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the, uh, the radio stations and the TV stations in town. And they're, ob- I mean, I, listen, I know as a local content uh, creator, you're, you're looking for stories, right? Would, when would, people- would you interview this guy on your show? Absolutely. Okay. Barbecue yeah. foot guys yeah, coming got, on. Yeah. Which, and, he, and he starts to be known uh, locally as footman. Okay. Or as, as he says, some people just call him Foot. Okay. So old Foot, he's, uh, he's getting the, the rounds. He's getting the publicity out that, yep, I got this barbecue with a foot inside of it. <laughs> and that's where we've got to introduce you to John Wood. So John Wood steps up and uh, he says, wait a minute, I'm seeing this story floating around about this foot that was found in a barbecue. That's my leg. Um. I was in a plane crash a couple years ago in 2004. My dad died in the plane accident. Um, when I woke up, they had to amputate my leg. I didn't get a chance to be at my dad's funeral. We didn't get a chance to do any burial. So I look at the leg, my leg, as kind of my last connection to my dad. Mm. And that's why I kept it. I uh, he, he even says, like... Um, you know, I he tried to do different things with it. He tried to skin it. He ended up embalming it, basically mummified the leg. And then what happened, uh, Mark, was he he had a, after the surgery, he got hooked on pain pills. And the addiction to that and kind of dealing with all the, the tragedies that befell his life after this, this plane crash, he ended up losing the money to keep the rent up on the storage unit, Okay. This is where the story gets even more interesting. When John Wood steps up and says, hey, that's my leg. Well, at this point, Shannon is still saying, well, yeah, but this is my ticket to gold. Mm -hmm. And it's a finder's keeper situation here. I bought the unit. I got everything in the unit. Part of what was in the unit was this leg. It's not your leg anymore. It's my leg. Okay. Mark, a legal battle ensues. <laughs> Who owns the foot? This there, there is a documentary about this that is hilarious to watch. The name of the documentary is Finders Keepers. Okay, and it it, it details the uh, the the legal battle that ensues between John Wood and this gentleman uh, uh, Shannon Wisnett. I would think, without knowing. I would think the court would side with the person that bought the unit. So here's where we go. Judge Mathis got involved in this. I'm, I'm still, by the way, confused <laughs> on this guy has a, maybe you're, maybe you're going to get to this part, but yeah. this guy's got uh, a strong connection to his foot because obviously at one point it was his foot. Yeah. And it's linked to his father and he's claiming it's really important to him. And because of how important it is, he puts it, not only in a storage unit, but puts it in a smoker inside a storage unit. Got that right. He doesn't even have it at his own house. Yeah. So how important could this actually be to this person? That's where I, that's where my brain's headed right now. John, and so again, we've got John and Shannon. John is the guy that was in the plane crash and lost his foot. Shannon is the guy that now owns the smoker and the storage unit yep. and, and allegedly the leg. John reaches out to Shannon and says, hey, man, I'd like to have my leg back. Shannon says, no, no chance. This is my chance. Stardom is what I've been waiting for my whole life. And you, you have to see this to believe it, man. Is it's, Shannon a sane person, by the way? Um, is, he, is he operating at uh, a full f- fuel tank, so to speak, or, or no? That's fair. That's fair, Mark. I don't think so. Okay. You know, a lot of half times. gallon. Got it. A lot of times when you watch these stories, I think that's a, that, that's a really fair point, Mark, that not everybody has the same IQ. This doesn't seem like a normal person activity. So. These, none of this is normal okay. person activity, right? Okay. None of this is normal person activity. Yeah. Uh, even even on John's side of it. Yeah. Um, drug addiction, we're all familiar with with, sure. with drug addiction. Oxycontin and painkiller addiction is something that a, a lot of us are familiar with. Yeah. 
what I where I think people start to go, what the hell is when you lost your leg and you wanted to keep it? Yeah. I've I've been lucky and I've never had anything amputated, so I don't know. I mean that describes John Wood. John Wood like his foot back. I mean that's what he's known for. <laughs> I see what you did there. So, you know. His name makes sense. When he went to Shannon and said, I want it back, Shannon's like, absolutely not. So this actually ends up in the hands of Judge Mathis. Okay. You know, the, yeah. the, the television judge? Yeah. Um, he ends up, like, chastising Wisnant for what what he thinks is just abhorrent behavior, right? But he, and he, and he tells John Wood, you get to get the leg back, but you've got to give Shannon five grand for the cost of the storage shed. Judge Mathis also noticed when John Wood was there that he was high on drugs. So John agrees uh, to, to go to rehab. If Judge Mathis says, I will pay the $5,000 to Shannon if you agree to go to rehab. Wow. And he does, obviously. Uh, Wisnant is to this day um, bitter about the loss of the leg and what he really saw as his... Uh, avenue to becoming a local celebrity. He still claims that people around his uh, community still refer to him as foot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, colloquially. <laughs> he uh, goes on talk radio at the end of the, um, at the end of the documentary, Finders Keepers. Wisnick goes on a talk radio show to announce his uh, candidacy for the president of the United States in 2016. Yeah. So, okay, we've, <laughs> we've officially figured out our answer on his IQ level, et cetera. My question is, who misses their foot more? Shannon, who bought the foot, or John, who actually lost his foot? When you watch it, you will, you will land on the side of John. Okay, okay. There's, a, there's much more of a John deeper... is the hero of this story. No, there's no hero. Okay. They're, they're both humans, man. They're both you. You will watch this and go, there is good, there is bad. More importantly than any of that, there is funny. And you will watch this documentary, and I promise you. But there's you, also stupidity. You will laugh. World. It is. It's all stupid, Mark. Yeah. I feel like, the, where's this documentary on? I feel like I've heard the title. Finders Keepers is uh, a lot of places. I think okay. you can find this on Netflix right now. I'm pretty sure you can find it in Hulu and, and stuff like so that. So when this was filmed, though, does the the filmmaker are they coming from the perspective of they know this is ridiculous, so they're kind of, you know, when uh, someone from like the Daily Show goes out and interviews uh, Trump supporters, yeah, and he knows that they're stupid, not for being Trump supporters, but just he, he, they're targeting a certain crowd because he knows they're going to say stupid things. I mean, is it kind of one of those? There might be a there might be a a shred of that, Mark. Um. Uh, but these guys, they were not sought out by the documentary makers, all right? This is not an idiot abroad where you are, you're, 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 I mean, Ricky Gervais is sending Carl Pilkington out there with a camera to make fun of him. Yeah. That's not what this is. This is two guys who were begging to be a part of the limelight. I shouldn't say two. One was Shannon. John Wood, not necessarily. He didn't want any of this to happen. This, yeah. is, this is kind of thrown onto him. And you don't come away from this with the questions of, uh, you know, oh boy, how stupid is John Wood? Yeah. You feel bad for John Wood. He's the tragic part of the story. Yeah. Uh, but there is funny to be had all around with this. Do we I ever mean, get the answer of why the foot was in the smoker? Yeah, it just was the place that John Wood decided to keep it. I mean, he didn't... it. He was connected to it. He couldn't figure out what that emotional connection to it was. He didn't quite realize until all of this came back around that it was the thing with his dad. Yeah. That that was the thing he was holding on to was the memory of his father. Um, but at the time, all twisted up on drugs, spun out of your head on uh, on painkillers. You're not thinking rationally at all, at all. You're doing dumb stuff. Yeah. And part of that dumb stuff was, hey, I'm going to keep this foot because I, I need to for some reason. I don't know where to keep it. I'm going to mummify it and throw it in a smoker. This you know, is why you like drugs, kids, Like you do. Because these things become good ideas at some point. Uh, yeah. John Wood has a really strong case against the doctors and the um, uh, manufacturers of those of those drugs. And, I mean, like we, a lot of us know those stories of the Pfizer's and yeah. that real lawsuits that went out because they over-prescribed these pain medicines knowing how addictive they were. Yep. So, yeah, like I said... It's a human story. Finders Keepers is a very good documentary. I feel bad. A lot of people that were listening to our podcast went back and watched that Dear Zachary. 
Yes. And dude, I've had a lot of people on Twitter like, screw you, dude. Oh, because it was like <laughs> tragic. It's tragic. It's a really tough one. This one it, I think you said that though. This one has a hint of that, but you will have a lot you'll get a lot more enjoyment out of this one. I think you prefaced than the I think you prefaced that. I think you said this one's gonna make you wanna end it. Pisses you off, man. Pisses you off. <laughs> Not finders keepers. It's a it's a fun one. Um so there you go. Best story you've ever heard. Two guys getting in a fight over an amputated leg in a smoker. I will definitely um <laughs> no, I'll, I'll definitely check that one out. That one piques my interest. I'm still waiting for you to start production. On the first story you told on this podcast about the Olympics in 1904. That would be a great movie. There's, there are so many movies for that one. The, all of these, dude. The, so there was one last week I, I rushed right past uh, one of the people, one of the characters in that story. When I told you the story of Haru Anoda. Yeah. Who was the Japanese fighter who yep. for 40 years. Kept fighting. Stick, kept, yeah, stayed on an island because he thought the war was still happening. Yep. The, the story of the man who found... Hiru Onoto is another one that is absolutely incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy was a true Howard Hughes type of character. Yeah. He was he had set out on a life mission to do three things. I think I mentioned this. Yeah. Find Hiru Onoto, find a panda, yeah. and find an, the abominable also snowman. And Which he, we never got to that point. And he but. found Hiru Onoda. He obviously found a panda and married it. And died trying to find a Yeti. Oh, humanity. <laughs> it's humanity. That's what it is. All right. There's so many stories. It's so great. All right. You going to watch any baseball today before we go? I will. Yeah. Yankees, Red Sox got rained out here on opening day. But yeah, I'll be firing up Cubs here. Brewers coming up in about 40 minutes. Cubs are going to stink this year, man. I'm, I'm not be a 500 excited. team. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe. Maybe. It's not going to be a pretty one. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you need to buy or sell a house, uh, charterhouseiowa.com is a great place to find uh an agent and by the way you don't have to use ross and i you can but there's much better looking people than us that work here and you can find them all at our website so go check it out charterhouseiowa.com and we'll see you next week